May I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning to my favorite brood of vipers. <laughs> so good to see you today. Today is a special Sunday. Um, today is Gaudate Sunday, which is Latin for joy. It's a time where we pause in the darkness of Lent and we take a moment to reflect on the joy that is coming. And I want to be clear, this is not happiness that is coming. This is joy. Joy is something different. It's much more rich and multifaceted than the happiness that we might think of. So what is joy? What is joy? That's a question that I'm going to try to answer today to the best of my ability. So last Sunday, I had the amazing honor and privilege of spending the 11.40, 11 o'clock service time with the kids of our church in godly play. And I got to tell the story of Advent, which is a beautiful story that unfolds week by week by week, and it tells the story of Jesus' birth. The language in this story is incredible. It refers to Jesus as the king who was coming and is still coming. And it says this is a great mystery. It also says that during these four weeks of Advent, we are making our own journey to Bethlehem. So Godly Play has this really wonderful way of bending time and space, which is really beautiful. And this bending happens in order to make it real for us in our lives and in the lives of our children. So I'd like to invite you to join me in a little bit of space and time bending. And let's go on a journey together to the wilderness. Let's go to see this guy, John the Baptist. And let's see if we can find some joy out there. Now before we go on our trip, there are some things that we need to leave behind. And there's some people we need to leave behind. If you're insulted by the idea of being called a brood of vipers, this might not be the journey for you. <laughs> There were those in John's time who thought that he was just some wacko in the desert and that he was not the proper way to go get forgiveness, was not to go into the wilderness and to get baptized by John. It was to make a sacrifice in the temple the way you were supposed to. So whatever he was peddling out there was not official or sanctioned. So those are ideas that we need to leave behind us. There's something out there that is compelling. Remember that even though John the Baptist preached fire and brimstone, what sounds to us like fire and brimstone, people came in droves to see him at a great inconvenience. They left the comfort of their homes in the city and ventured out into the wilderness to see what he had to say. So let's go. Let us make our journey together. When we arrive, the first thing we hear John the Baptist say 
is something we might not like. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. In other words, we're not special. You're not special. Just because you are a member of the chosen tribe of Israel, you don't get a guarantee of salvation. You don't get the guarantee of forgiveness. This is shocking to people. And they ask a very good and very important question. What then shall we do? The answer that John provides is you shall repent. And literally repenting means to turn around. And he gives such beautiful advice. And it's so basic. It's very easy. If you have two cloaks, share. If you have some extra food, share. The directions he gives to the tax collectors and the soldiers is even more basic. Don't take more money than what you're owed. Don't threaten people. Don't extort them. Basically, John is saying just be ethical in your daily vocation, in your life, in your tasks, on the small daily doings. It reminds me of Google's former corporate motto. It was an unofficial corporate motto, but it was simply, don't be evil. It was the Wi-Fi password on their Google buses. It was just this thing that infected their corporate culture. <clears throat> And this might shock you, but in 2018, they removed Don't Be Evil from their official corporate documents because it's kind of hard to not be evil. This is simple, simple, but not easy. So what then should we do? How do we not be evil? This is a question that will be a perennial question in our lives as human beings. But the closest answer that I have come to that question, I actually find in the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. It's as good as any method of living. The 12 Steps invite you to recognize that you are not God, that there is something greater than you out there, it gives you steps, specific steps, to clean up the past, and then specific ways to live a new life going forward, how to behave ethically. And this program has enough power in it to keep hopeless addicts clean and sober. It's a powerful way of living. Now, perhaps doing the 12 steps is not where your life path is taking you, but one thing we can learn from these steps is a very simple thing that all of us can do. If you do nothing else in your life, when you come to those small daily moral quandaries, just pause, pause and pray and ask God, what should I do? 
If you're a tax collector confronted with the temptation of taking just a little bit more, pause. Ask God what you can do. We all have moments in our lives where we just breeze right through the action, assuming that we know what is best. But we can always stop and take a moment and ask, God, what do you think is best? The way you know that it might be a good time to pause is if you feel distress or unease. Because our Creator did not create us for lives of distress and unease. That's how you know that something is not quite right. And that's the moment when we feel something's not right. That we turn to God, we repent, and we ask, what can I do here? Now, some might argue that John the Baptist's message is not joyful, and I would have to disagree. I think this is the best news in the entire world, because salvation is simply a matter of turning to God. It is simply a matter of giving up our own preconceptions of what ought to be done in every moment. This is good news. This is good news because there is a way that we can live in peace. And this is the promise that John the Baptist gives us. This is the new novel thing that he brings, the voice crying out in the wilderness, saying that there is a way to get this peace, to get this joy. Now, in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is an amazing part of their text, the big book, that lays out what it calls the 12 promises. These are the things that alcoholics and addicts of all types can expect at the other end of their recovery. After going through the 12 steps and committing themselves to a rigorous way of life. And if you will indulge me, I would like to read them to you because I believe that they are the best definition of joy that we have. It says, if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. If that's not a bundle of joy, I don't know what is. That is the definition of joy. It doesn't say that there's fame, that there's wealth and riches, 
It doesn't say that God is going to completely remove every single problem and hardship from our lives. It just promises a new way of life. And we hear those promises not just in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, but also in the scripture. Look at Zephaniah. God has turned away your enemies. God will renew you in God's love and exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. God will save the lame and gather the outcast and will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. Therefore, it says in Isaiah, you shall draw water with rejoicing from the springs of salvation. In Philippians, it says, the peace of God, which, surpa which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. That is joy. Those are promises that we read in our scriptures. That is the joy and the promise that awaits us on the other side of John the Baptist's repentance. So now that we have journeyed together to the wilderness and met this wild man, as we return to our homes, may we cry aloud and ring out our joy. For the great one in the midst of us is the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Amen.